I'm not sure what's happening, but my intro music is not coming on. So, but I'm on, I think. Yep, I am. Okay, so, oh, look at that. Somebody had turned the sound off. Anyway, you are listening to, there's always got, it. Mercury is retrograde. You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live with hiccups from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. <laughs> what a start. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Such is life, right? Life will do that. Okay, so on the show today, I am going to continue to uh, look at timing. And can we predict when something might happen? I had a friend come visit me um, over the last couple of days, uh, someone I've known for 40 plus years. And uh, her name's Corinne, and she's looking for her next home. And so I thought, okay, let's use past history um, to see if we can't see a signature coming up in her life and in her chart, wet, you know, which might show, okay, looks like you're going to be in a house by da-da-da-da-da. Okay. So, and as it turns out, this is going to be an episode about Pisces and her birthday's on Monday. So she is a card-carrying Pisces, although she would claim that her Scorpio rising is very much in evidence. And I'm thinking of, an, of a, um, <laughs> a guest that I've had on the show, Joanne. Um, the two of these friends have very similar charts in the sense that uh, they're both Pisces and they both have Scorpio risings, but very different. Okay, so in looking at her chart, um, what I went looking at, of course, is what is the signature for uh, where she wants to live. And typically what you look at is the fourth house and the ruler and the sign that's on that cusp, which is Aquarius for her. And so that means Saturn is the ruler. And um, I often think of Saturn as being glue major glue and it comes as no surprise that of course I've always known this because she's she's lived in the Comox Valley area for nigh on 30 years um, and so this is a huge move to pull up stakes you know I mean she's lived in various areas of the Comox Valley but that has been her route and so it's going to take a bit to pull up a Saturn glue and move it Okay, but that's that's what she's wanting to do. So we went through her memory banks, got the Rolodex turning, and <laughs> we came up with um, her previous house purchases. So she had one in 1983, one in 1989, one in 2003, and one in 2012. And what we saw, um, so I'm using, I thought, okay, let's, let's experiment with this new Hellenistic um, style of timing called zodiacal releasing, which was what I was talking about last week with Leonard Cohen. And so I noted that there were two repeating signatures in the sub periods. So just a little aside, 
in zodiacal releasing, the timing happens on four levels. The first level is like a big chapter. Sometimes they're 12 years long. Sometimes they're as short as eight. Sometimes they're 30 years long. So big chapters. Level two would be paragraphs within a chapter. Level three would be a sentence. And level four would be the word. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. That analogy might not completely fit. Anyway, so in her sub-periods, uh, what I found was two signs came up the most, and that was Cancer Capricorn, which makes sense, especially the Capricorn, because that's Saturn-ruled. And she also had Aries that showed up. But the one that showed up the most was Cancer. And so what I did is I ran out her sub-periods for the next six months, because she's like rolling her eyes at me like, no, I want to move tomorrow. I want to get settled. <laughs> so I didn't go out too far because, yeah, that she was going to get depressed. I don't want my best friend getting depressed. No. Okay, so in the upcoming months, I have noted dates that are very promising and correspond with the previous purchases. So she's going to keep me posted, and I will report back to us all to see just what, when and what signature happened again. Okay, so the next thing I looked at is, again, another Hellenistic... Um, <laughs> my brain is just... Anyway... Technique, there's the word, the Rolodex stopped, yay. <laughs> God. Okay, nothing like a little hiccup in the station to, yeah, anyway. Okay, so with the annual perfections, um, the favorite house that she bought was under a Venus year. Unfortunately, the other house purchases did not occur with the same ruling planet, yeah, that just didn't happen. Okay, so fortunately this year, starting on her birthday, which is on Monday, um, she will also be entering another Venus annual perfection year. So that bodes well because the last house she bought on that one, she really liked. Okay, so um, in her chart, in her natal chart, Venus does... Uh, make a really nice aspect to Saturn, which is the ruler of her fourth, and that Venus is in Pisces and it is exalted. My friend is an artist, and when we get into um, a little, you know, debrief on what exactly you can look for if you've got a Pisces signature, you will notice that these folks know how to channel. A little sip of water to keep me going. All right. So next I went and looked at, okay, so modern day timing, if I hadn't, you know, back in the day, this is what I would have looked at. So the first thing I would look at is a solar return chart. Now solar return charts um, are based on the idea that you cast a chart each year on or about their birthday in which the degree and minute that the sun occupied 
on the day that you were born, when will that repeat? And of course, it repeats once every year. Now, sometimes your solar return chart will end up being a day before your normal birthday, or it can even be a day after. It varies. Yeah. And so, and that's why there is that accounting for the 29th of February every four years. We've got to make an adjustment, right? Okay, so she was born um, on the 24th um, at 10.41 p.m., but her solar return chart for this year is also on the 24th, but it's at 12.56 p.m., so it's closer to noon. And in that chart, um, I looked again, okay, so what's the fourth house? in it is there any activity down there and there are no planets down there i was kind of hoping for the moon um, but it's not but it's ruler um, she has libra on the fourth in this solar return chart is venus and it's up in the tenth so this year is all about her uh, wanting venus aries now <laughs> a place to live so i mean it is speaking the right language uh, but it's not really saying, okay, yes, it's going to happen. Okay, so then I went um, to the next type of uh, timing technique that we use. And um, these are called solar arc um, directions. And with solar arc directions, um, it's basically you take the, the um, how the length of t um, the length of motion that the sun has on the day that you were born so for it to go from and in her case uh, when she was born uh, the sun was at 5 degrees 42 minutes of um, Pisces and so that represents a certain amount of movement in a 24-hour period. And the sun can be moving fast and it can be moving slow. Not by a lot, but it is a very specific amount. And then you take that and you add, so basically you're moving all the planets one degree per year. And that's the whole chart. So the chart actually stays the same, but it starts to rotate. So it can, and in the past, this was the, these were the only tools I had. I didn't have these annual perfections and zodiacal releasings to look at. So this is what I would have looked at. So in her solar arc directions, as she pulls up the sheet of paper that has that, um, Saturn, the Lord of the Fourth, is aspecting Mercury this year. So obviously, Finding a place to live is on her mind. Um, the next, none of the other planets really indicated in um, in this immediate year that success was going to happen. So, yeah, you kind of move quickly on when you're looking this up for people, right? Because they want to hear the right answer, not the wrong answer. <laughs> And we do our best. <clears throat> so I went on to the next type of timing that we can look at um, in modern times, and that was solar or secondary progressions. And secondary progressions are basically based on where the actual planets moved each day after you were born. So they don't all move at the same rate. Some move fast, some move slow. And so this um, the secondary progressions are equal to 
her 66 days after she was born. So you can literally, in a, with an ephemeris, you can open it up to the day that you were born, the month, and you can follow that, you know, 90 days, 120 days, however long you think you're going to live, and it will reveal, you know, the changes that happened. And in the past, um, the thought was, is that that reveals internal timing and the kind of timing that, let's say, your genetics say, because your genetics will tell you, okay, you're going to become a woman or a man when you're 15 or whatever, and, um, you know, the whole aging process is going to start on such and such a date, et cetera, et cetera. So secondary progressions are like that. So I went looking at, okay, so what are they doing this year? And it turns out that um, the secondary progression for Saturn is trining her natal sun. What are the chances? The guy in charge of housing is pointing at the guy in charge of take your life in a direction. Okay, and um, the sun itself is opposing um, Saturn. And so, and it was doing it exactly last year. So it's like, come on, let's get moving. Let's get moving. And she almost put her house on the market earlier than she did. But there was a snafu and that didn't happen. And so, yeah. Okay, now the last thing I look at is transits. And that's where the planets are out there today. Now, um, as I said earlier, she has... Aquarius on the fourth house cusp and those who are sort of paying attention to where planets are will be going oh Saturn the ruler of that which would be the ruler of her fourth house is about to take a little wander into Aquarius ergo actually crossing her fourth house cusp the clincher and so she probably will move this year um, her first window of opportunity starts in March and goes all the way through till June. And so therein lies a really distinct possibility. But because it leaves and goes back into Capricorn and then doesn't come back officially to Aquarius until December, it could mean that she might purchase a house but not be able to move in right away. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, and I'm hoping she's not listening to this today because that's a possibility she's not going to be happy with. <laughs> but I have to mention it because, and as I have reminded clients in the past, I'm absolutely okay with being so wrong about something. Yeah, I have no problem with that. <laughs> okay, so Uranus is also trying to maybe throw in a little bit of disruption with an opposition to her natal Saturn, and that is June through October. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, she gets it done in that period of time from March to June, and that um, this disruption does not figure into it. Um, but Uranus is not something you can predict. It is the unpredictable. Okay, so the last piece that I noticed was Pluto is aspecting her Mars. And for all of us, whenever Pluto connects with our Mars, it ups the ante in terms of uh, impatience. 
Yeah. Which is, yeah, which means people can be irritable and angry and like, why can't I have it now? (laughs) But, and they can also be powerful in terms of initiating or, and in her case, um, negotiating possibly. Yeah, because people will sense how powerful she is. But the wee bit of impatience I'm already seeing. Okay, now at this moment, there will be a crowd of, a crowd, I laugh. Oh, my phone, my phone is ringing. One second, don't go away, folks. This can't possibly be somebody calling the show, but it might be. Oh, it's my phone. Who is it? Um, no, I don't think so. Anyway, darn, here I thought it was somebody phoning me. I don't know. Anyway, I was going to mention that earlier before the kerfuffle of how this show started that I am open to you phoning, but I would rather you phone on 604-485-0088. That is the phone in the office here at the studio, I should be saying. Okay, right. A shout out from the, you know, millions of other astrologers who are listening to my show. No, no. (laughs) I can be hopeful, can't I? Um, They would be saying, wait a minute. Why didn't you just cast a horary chart for the question, when am I going to buy my house? Very true. Very true. Um, There are those who practice what's called horary astrology, and it is. You cast a chart for the moment that you understand the question and the chart will give you an answer almost like putting out a card spread in a, like a tarot card spread yeah but this is not something that i have learned how to do and so that's why i didn't do it but it's at moments like this that hey i wish i could do that uh, because they it's a technique that um, is used and uh, they get excellent results Um, And so that is an option uh, to find a horary astrologer for, um, to answer specific sort of one subject questions. Totally, that works. Okay, so moving on, a shout out to, for a happy birthday for my friend Corinne. And let's take a dive into what does it mean if you were born during a Pisces period or you have a strong Pisces signature. So Pisces represents a kind of an unusual sign in the circle of the zodiac. Um, Aries is considered the start and um, Pisces is the last. And there are those who believe that um, literally Pisces has the capacity to embody any of the other signs. Okay, there are some that say that. Um, It is traditionally, it's a water sign. So it's, of course, it's going to be about emotions. Um, It's mutable. So it's very flexible. It was traditionally ruled by Jupiter and modern day astrologers ascribed it to Neptune, who definitely has an affinity here um, and is currently traveling slash transiting through Pisces itself. But I'm, as I go further into this Hellenistic studies that I'm doing, I can see where, yeah, no, we still need to put Jupiter back here. 
Um, and uh, Neptune will do what it does, but I do believe that Jupiter should rule Pisces. Okay, so being the last, it is that pause before we rush out into spring. And we're all going to be very grateful for March to roll around because that means spring is on the way. Yay! Um, so it is also said that people with strong Pisces signatures have not fully arrived and have one foot in this reality and one foot in the next. So it's, here are some of the signatures that are ascribed to it. The mystic, the dreamer, the face dancer. Um, and I believe they can be like passive. Um, they are definitely believers. And they have a level of emotional understanding that is unlike any other sign. Their empathy and compassion is in no doubt. They can actually feel what you're feeling. Call it the vibe, unawareness at a psychic level, the mother ocean. It's a difficult thing to label the quality that comes with Pisces. It's a great skill in some arenas, like as in being a therapist or an actor, because in, in acting, you, you know, you're literally putting on someone's character and Pisces, Pisces people can do that if they choose to. But there is a huge challenge, especially for children. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm very happy whenever I get a chance to kind of run buffer for a Piscean child, uh, whether that's moon in Pisces, Pisces rising, or sun in Pisces, um, because people don't realize that if you take a really sensitive child, and, and so this would also apply to people, cancers, not so much Scorpio, but to some degree, um, and you stick them in an environment that is chaotic on an emotional level or vibe level, these children have no skin for that, no way of protecting themselves from that um, because they're just children, they're babies, right? And um, so they really should come with a tag right? <laughs> when they're born, they, they, there should be a tag on their big toe that says, please respect the environments that you place me in until I'm old enough to know how to deal with it. Yeah. Okay. So what does this talent sort of look like? Well, one of the ones that um, is really interesting, so um, is I often hear this from uh, moms who are sun sign Pisces, and they will comment usually at some point in the reading, and they'll be able to say things like, well, yeah, when my kids were young, I used to just pull, the, pull, pull them up in my mind and send them a note, right? Like psychically or something. They, none of them were ever able to really describe how they do this. But they'd send a message to their kid to like, you know, after school, I need you to pick up a quart of milk. And it would work. And I'd be like, damn, that's a handy skill. <laughs> and so um, vibe, uh, receptive, uh, connectivity, and all of this is not on a physical level. Yeah, so it's... Um, like I say, one foot in this reality and one foot in the next. 
Now, the natives obviously can be overwhelmed by other people's feelings. And what can happen here is they will find ways of distancing themselves from that. And air, herein lies one of the trip-ups that Pis uh, strong Pisces signatures can create. Um, you have to become aware of the fact that, oh, right, this isn't my feelings. This is the vibe in the room or this is their argument and that chaos of energy. Um, and not try to find ways of tuning out, but rather finding ways of stepping out. Um, because Piscean people, one of the things I will often pass on is, hello, hello, it's true. You can seek to escape into drugs and alcohol. Not recommended, obviously, especially in today's world where the supply of drugs anyway is lethal. Um, but it is a skill that every strong, signatured Piscean person must figure out a healthy way to distance themselves from emotional pollution, basically. Yep, yep. Okay, I typically, what I will look at in a person's chart is look at their Saturn to help them set boundaries. Um, yeah, and that's typically what I would do. Okay, but the flip side of this, of course, is mystical, spiritual, altered states. Um, the ability to disappear into all that is. And what that does is it also gives them a level of trust in life that it will unfold as it should. And there's lots of us that don't have that kind of trust. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> but they can have that. Okay, so like water, it wants to dissolve away conflict and strife. Pisces, because of its openness and mutability, can easily disappear into something like the armed forces, um, the police services, acting, obviously, medical fields sometimes, choosing the right place and realizing that some scenarios can be draining slash overwhelming, which can lead, of course, down that negative road to lost in space of drugs or alcohol. But that disappearing into, and of course, some just specifically wander down a spiritual path and are happy as clams. Now, the other piece, of course, that goes with Pisces is its opposite sign of Virgo. And this is the axis of codependency. Okay, so it's not uncommon for Virgo Pisces to get together. And if they're not aware and not paying attention, one of them can be the dependent and the other one will become the codependent. And that can flip both ways. And um, yeah, so it, it's something that, um, again, I tend to quiz clients who come in with this kind of a signature just to see where they're at with that so that I can give them a heads up about it if they're not being very aware of it. Okay, now in with Pisces, pardon me, um, we're looking at the planet Jupiter. And this is, uh, Jupiter in Hellenistic times was considered the radiant one. <laughs> I love that. The greater benefic, it's into abundance, increase, faith, trust, imagination, and fellowship. Um, this last 
one ranks high for Pisces because, again, they like to disappear, melt into the crowd of like-minded people. And they are also looking to release themselves from suffering and melt back into the cosmos. Okay, so let's look at how this actually plays out in people's lives. And as you can see, I did finally get my charts up for today's session. And so who I have is, um, we're gonna look at uh, Leonardo da Vinci, believe it or not. There's apparently a birth date and there's actually a time, although that's probably a bit questionable. Um, briefly look again at Leonard Cohen, who we were talking about last week. Uh, Steve Irwin, remember croc Crocodile Dundee kind of person? Uh, Michael Jackson and Marilyn Monroe. So those are who are up. And I'm just checking my time. Oh, lots of time. Yay, we're doing good. And I'm going to take a wee swip because swip. <laughs> a wee sip because <laughs> I forgot my cough drops. Mm. Okay. So where are we? Start? Oh, we're starting with Leonardo da Vinci. So believe it or not, April 4th. 1452 in Vinci, Italy. He has a night chart. He is a Taurus sun, Sagittarius rising, and he has moon in Pisces conjunct Jupiter in Pisces. Okay, and this is all in the fourth house. I like the symbolism of the Sagittarius rising, pursuing the next horizon channeling deep imagination from the primal root of the fourth house. Can we say open to the universal order, that Jupiter-Moon conjunction in Pisces? This chart also has many sweet components, like Saturn exalted in Libra in the 11th house of good fortune, which brings out the best in this malefic. Venus is also in her own sign of Taurus, of building beautiful things. Um, it is the benefic of the sect in favor. Mars in Aquarius, urging him always into the future. And Mercury in Aries, in the fifth house, the courage to create. Now the tension between Saturn and Mercury obviously channeled the Piscean inspiration into concrete works, though most did not happen until centuries later. Apparently he's got drawings of things like airplanes and tanks and yeah, he is considered one of the um, preeminent minds ever. Okay, so that's, uh, that's one way that Pisces gets used. Okay, our next is from Leonard Cohen, whom we spent some time with last week. Uh, like Leonard, our Leonard, <laughs> the two Leonards, everyone lost now? Okay. They both have moon in Pisces, which I suspect connects people in the strongest way possible to the channel, to the universal channel. Now, Leonard Cohen's moon is in the seventh. Others plug him in. Let that sink in when you listen to his music or read his poetry, um, because typically what he's talking about is other. Now, our next example is Stephen Irwin. Um, and for those who don't remember, this is the guy out of Australia 
who was instrumental in having shows where he brought to our attention uh, the world of, of wild and dangerous animals and critters. And I don't know if he wrestled crocodiles or that was just something people like to pin on him. Anyway, um, he was, he did reach a great deal of fame until unfortunately one of those dangerous critters took him out. Now, Steve has son in Pisces in the second, so my suspicion is he used this channel to read animals long before we were coining the phrase of a whisperer, right? <laughs> well, it's just a weird word, right? Whisperer? -er. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay, like Leonard Cohen, he was born on a full moon, able to use both sides of that equation, of course, because when you pair it with Virgo, Virgo is that attention to detail. Okay, so he was paying attention. Steve also had uh, Venus, who is also, again, exalted in Pisces. The two can become one. Um, I must also comment here that Steve has Aquarius rising with four planets included here, included with the ruler. Um, so his channel would only be seen when he was working. Otherwise, the calculating steel trap mind, Saturn conjunct Mercury, would have been obvious. Mars Jupiter here as well gave him maximum calculating risk-taking component. Um, unfortunately, um, that risk-taking, you know, obviously he took a step too far and it was a stingray that, um, and I had no idea, uh, but apparently their tail is a weapon and yeah, it stabbed him numerous times. He probably would have been okay, except one of those stabs went through his heart. Damn. Not a good day for him, obviously. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. On a more happier note. <laughs> uh, yes. Moving on to a happier note. Well, sort of. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. One of the other associations with Pisces is glamour. And glamour is something most people don't think much about. But I actually had an incident in uh, my husband and I used to be, if you can believe this, long haul truck drivers. And we were stopped once um, at a, um, a rest area, you know, and there was, there's always, this was in the States and they have uh, quite nice parking spaces, you know, for truckers to pull over and use the facilities and whatever. Anyway, so we pulled in and there was a number of other trucks there. And there were several men, obviously truckers, out and they were kind of in a circle and, you know, there was some sort of excited activity. Anyway, we kind of got pulled in. And what it was is the one guy was saying that he'd won a bunch of money and there was some sort of game he was playing and he was willing to let you have a try at trying to win some of this money he had won. Well, the quality of the space that these guys created is what I'm talking about here, glamour. And pretty soon, within about five minutes, my husband and I had lost a hundred bucks. <laughs> but you know, when we drove away and it dawned on us what had happened, I'm like, wow, glamour is a real thing. You can create a quality in which, 
you suspend belief. In some ways, this is what happens in a movie theater, right, is glamour, right? But in this case, these con artists had a way of creating a space that relieved us of $100. And, you know, I almost wanted to shake their hands. They were so good at it. My husband, on the other hand, me, he was not maybe quite so happy. <laughs> but I suspect glamour is part of the Piscean signature like sprinkling fairy dust in someone's eyes. Our awareness goes to a different channel and obviously, in some instances, goes awry. Okay, case in point, Michael Jackson. Okay, so this guy, he is a sun Virgo, but he has moon conjunct the ascendant in Pisces. So also, again, another uh, prominent person Born at a full moon. Leonard Cohen had this as well. Okay, so my heart goes out to this soul. His father in his chart would have been the sun conjunct Pluto in that Virgo in the seventh house. And apparently his dad was incredibly physically abusive perfectionist who would beat Michael and his other siblings um, and so, you know, if you go back to what I was saying earlier about children that are Piscean, yeah, my heart goes out to this man who who has an understanding of trauma at a level that I'm happy I don't know. But, you know, it, what a horrendous thing to have done to somebody that's that sensitive. My mind boggles at how that energy would have affected Michael. Yeah. The fact that he was able to perform and dance and lead in the music industry is truly a marvel. The ruler of the lot of spirit, which I haven't talked about yet, which is in Leo, is said to indicate one's life's work. His has a Le he has a Leo mind, and that is co-present with Venus. And in mutual, this is a bunch of jargon, I know, but for some, they'll pay attention. And Venus is in mutual reception with that sun in Virgo. He channeled his father's drama into his music, bringing dance and music videos to a new level. The 10th house of reputation, we find Saturn in Sag, which is Jupiter's other domain. And Jupiter is also the ruler, obviously, of that moon ascendant. Uh, Jupiter ruled the life reputation, okay, so his journey, we watched it, we all watched his journey, um, and his own sense of self was seeking completion, okay, so yeah, a very complex chart, which I just might come back to a few more times, kind of an amazing system that he had to work with. And, I mean, so as soon as you realize that he has Pisces rising with moon there and you hear, you know, what do troubled souls do? They find a way to escape his home, Neverland Ranch. Yeah, I think we will come back to this chart again. Uh, very interesting. Okay, now the next chart, um, and I'm realizing this is the last chart, and I'm actually not surprised. I have quite a bit of time, but that's okay. Uh, this one is the chart of Marilyn Monroe. Now, Marilyn, uh, she's born in June, and so she's actually a Gemini. She has moon in Aquarius, Leo rising. So what's her Pisces circuit? She has Mars in Pisces. 
in the eighth. And the eighth house is often associated with sexuality. But I remember listening to her talking to a reporter. Um, obviously, this was must have been in some sort of biography piece that was on television. And she was saying to this reporter that she can walk down a street in New York and no one will notice her. She can turn around and walk down that street in a way where everyone will notice me. So she understood how to turn on that glamour and how to turn it off. Yeah. And, um, and that sort of sexual magnetism that, you know, and she said, it's like a switch. I can turn it on or I can turn it off. Mars in Pisces in the eighth. Very kind of, ooh, gives you kind of chills. Yeah. Okay. Um, one, the one aspect I have not talked about with Pisces circuit is its physicality. With one foot here and one foot not fully incarnate, the body itself is often not robust and can easily succumb to toxins, drugs, or alcohol. Okay, so these are the folks who are kind of our canary in the coal mine when it comes to how gibbled up our environment can become because, like I say, they don't have a strong, typically do not have a strong physicality. Um, and so if we look at it, Pisces in the natural wield, it sits in the 12th place of self-undoing. Okay, so again, that uh, addiction factor pops up. And it opposes Virgo, which normally plays out in the second house, which is paying attention to the day-to-day -day health. And so these folks need to pay attention to environments that are not supportive of them. Okay our foray into Pisces. And now, even though I do have quite a bit of time, but that's okay, I have a wonderful piece of music to take us out of the show, which I will make sure the sound is on <laughs> so I don't get any dead air, but that's a while. Okay, where's that moon? For anyone who needs reminding, me included, <laughs> we are still operating under a Mercury retrograde until March the 9th. Make sure your YouTube channel is not turned off. Yes. This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.